0: This is Rugger Matrix, episode 158, Lion Tamers. Hello and welcome to the world's most quoted rugby podcast and the first of our Lion specials, our special guest, Lions head coach, Warren Gatlin, and he's on a mission.
1: And personally, you know, after what Australia have done to Wales the last few times, I need a bit of revenge as well, so. Strength and
0: conditioning with David Dwyer, and how do we keep Brian O'Driscoll fit for the tour?
2: All these movements involved are uh, what they would do and reproduce in a game situation.
0: Rugger Matrix International is brought to you by Strike, Australia's leading provider of Bluetooth car kits and handheld devices. Go to strike.com.au and use the code Matrix to get 10% off. And this week's show's special sponsorship inside rugby the annual go to rugbymatrix.com, click on the inside rugby icon and no matter where you are in the world you'll get 20% off yes hello and welcome to the program what a great show we've got coming up and very shortly we'll be bringing that Warren Gatlin interview to you it covers a lot of subjects and very clear that he wants to be the underdog. I don't know if he's gonna get away with that come the Lions series in 2013. Can't wait for it, and he's a great chat as well. Special show, we've got a special guest in the studio, my co-panelist. We'll also be later on speaking with our uh, strength and conditioning coach, Dave Dwyer, in the field. And he's gonna show us how to manage the older players, and hopefully Brian O'Driscoll can make it down under for another tour. But let's, without any further ado, introduce our man the cash man the pinko cash cow welcome to the studio the rugged matrix studio for the first time listen Bronk I'm just surrounded
3: by tech and geez I'm in awe of all this uh, <laughs> studio stuff mate it's great to be back it's uh, great to be in the studio
0: if you can't tell the annual is out for inside rugby hold it up to the camera there cash cow camera three what about that one two and three We're gone all out today but uh, what a terrific uh, you know, summation of the year—not just down under, mostly down under—but uh, it's a good read overseas as well.
3: Yeah, very much so. Bronk, 148 pages. It's a big newer format, so uh, we're very proud of it. It's—it's uh, it's our first annual, and uh, with the British and Irish Lions being here in uh, in 2013, we're—we're uh, we're obviously going to be. Bigger and better next year, probably pushing up towards around about 200 pages. It's going to be available on uh, on the iTunes Store uh, through Apple and also uh, the Zinio platform. So looking forward to that. So uh, it should be an absolute uh, cracker of a uh, of of an edition. Did you just make that up? No, (laughs) certainly not. It's uh, it's it's one of the. it's one of the newsstands where, uh, where you can actually get, uh, get, uh, get some of the publications.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a really good read and I know you're really starting to push the multimedia aspects and that includes a, a fascinating read, uh, Greg Groudon on Robbie Deans, uh, probably knows him better than anyone else in the Australian media, and I don't know, maybe more than the Kiwi media as well because he's spent a lot of time with him, but uh, you know there's been a few barbs in this little article.
3: Yeah, very much so. And I think a few barbs uh, just recently this week with uh, with Steve Hansen uh, throwing a couple of grenades across the Tasman talking about uh, did Robbie really want that All Blacks job? Uh, he asserted that uh, that actually Robbie actually had signed to uh, Coach Australia before he uh, actually went for that interview. But uh, listen, some great insights there from Greg Groudon on, on the man, Robbie Deans. We've called it the man behind the mask. So uh, yeah, it's a very interesting read. And that's... Uh, that's uh, just one, one of the great reads amongst there, uh, Bronk. Uh, there's a nice piece there on uh, Michael Checker, the new boss of the Waratahs, who a lot of our uh, listeners and uh, watchers in Ireland would uh, would be across, uh, Michael Checker and his his style. So, yeah, well, uh, good stuff.
0: Especially after the news of the weekend, Linster didn't go too well in Heineken Cup. Uh, and, in fact... Uh, the, all four provinces uh, were toweled up. And I think it was the first time going from one of the tweets from our Irish uh, bloggers that, uh, since 2007, I believe, just speaking from memory, so forgive me if I'm wrong, so it wasn't a good weekend for Irish rugby.
3: No, certainly not, but uh, also also in this issue, Bronk, there's a, there's a fantastic insight from Ian Borthwick, one of the great French, uh, French journalists, who, who talks about uh, the rise and rise of the uh, Toulon and their, uh, their, their owner. I, I, I wouldn't attempt to do his surname, but his <laughs> name's Murad.
0: <laughs> yes, uh, Toulon actually doing a fantastic job and they have got some fair uh, players in there as well. I'm just trying to find the article that I managed to do for you on the... Uh on the Gay Rugby World Cup, a uh, fascinating story, the Bingham uh, Cup is n- the Gay Rugby World Cup held every two years, and was named after Mark Bingham, who was one of the heroes that helped uh, prevent uh, Flight 93 in September 11, 2001, crash into the, uh, one of the targets in Washington. And uh, He was a, a pretty mighty character off the, off the field too, and it, it's a really touching story, and uh, the Bingham Cup is going down under in 2014. And uh, the Sydney convicts uh, are a superstar team.
3: Yeah, very much so. Defending champions, I believe, bronk uh, of, of the Bingham Cups. So, uh, and they've won their own competition here in Sydney uh, just recently. So, some real good insights there. And uh, you know, s- some of the uh, you give a some idea of the funny insights into um, in, into what happens uh, in a rugby team. Not necessarily uh, gay, straight, or whatever, but. Uh, Listen, congratulations to the boys. A great, uh, a great thing for Sydney. Great thing for uh, for rugby. Great thing for uh,
0: gay rugby. I oh, just full stop. Because there's not only uh, there's Andrew Purchase there, the guy who features in the story from Australia's point of view. Uh, a lot of straight players in the gay rugby team, and they try to make a point to other young men. Um, you know, young gay men are just as tough as any other person in rugby and uh, it's, it's a really good uh, game-breaker, I think, uh, the Bingham Cup.
3: Yeah, very much so, Brock. Uh, a fantastic... Uh, yeah, you might want to turn your phone off there too, Cash yeah. Cow.
0: He's got it going in the background. <laughs> Unbelievable. Alright, so um, Cash, we'll come back to uh, more details on this wonderful publication and don't forget there are on some online elements. And We're giving you a discount as we indicated in the introduction, we'll come back to that in a moment. But firstly, uh, we both had a chance to see Warren Gatlin the other day, he was coming out as part of a promotion for HSBC uh, and uh, he was absolutely on the whirlwind trip, wasn't he? you arrived about 7am, did a couple hours shooting, uh, then did a luncheon, then spoke to me, that took it out of him and then a couple other Australian journalists as well.
3: Yeah, in the 24 hours before that Bronk he'd been at Hopeton House announcing uh, his, uh, his coaching team for uh, Down Under in uh, in 2013 hopped on the uh, on the first class fright, flight flight. I'd, I'd imagine the Qantas first been a <laughs> first, first class flight uh, out here, and uh, I think he was uh, he was uh, on fumes by the end of his uh, probably sixth interview. But uh, we were lucky enough to get him first up for Rugger Matrix.
0: Well, I got in early, so here's our interview with the Lions head coach for 2013, Warren Gatlin. Warren Gatlin, welcome to Australia. Not long to the Lions series, it's something that the whole world looks forward to it, not just the countries participating. You getting excited now?
1: Absolutely, now that I'm here in in Sydney, but I've just been blown away by the interest, particularly in the UK at the moment. Uh, It's almost like every day you pick up the the newspaper and they're talking about potential teams and squads. And on on TV, they're talking about uh, know what the squad might look about so I mean you think six seven months away and the interest is is massive already.
0: Were you prepared for that because you know we've had World Cups but that line series the amount of p- interest from from the UK and Ireland and the media interest over everything you do I'm just looking back at the previous series it, it is absolutely intense. Isn't it,
1: it? it is and uh, um, it's probably caught me a little bit by surprise this time I mean I was involved in 2009 and that created a Massive amount of interest, but uh, when you're talking about the numbers of people who are looking to travel to Australia, and you know, up to upwards of 40,000, and then the expats that are here at the moment, and people either either in Asia or, or in New Zealand as well, prepared to come over. So, I think the Aussies a bit of a, expect a little bit of an invasion, a sort of a red army invasion. So, yeah, I think it's something to look forward to. It's the old traditional tour of playing games, so it's not just the test matches, it's people having a chance, a once in a lifetime chance to play against the Lions as well, so I think all of us are pretty excited about it.
0: I think that's it, isn't it? It's such a rare event that if you get a chance to be part of a tour, it's a huge honour.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, just not not just for the players who get selected for the Lions. And, for myself, you know, I, I've been lucky enough to be on the other side, having played against the Lions in 1993 for Waikato. And, and you know that's a once in a lifetime. You know, it's going kind to of come around once every 12 years. So, so even if you're playing against the, the Lions, you want to make the most of it. So it's, it's understanding that and preparing for that. Um, and I think for all of us involved, it's, uh, you know, whether you're a, a player, or a sponsor, part of the media, or a supporter, I think this uh, tour this could be really special.
0: You've settled on a coaching team. Uh, how are you guys getting on?
1: We've had a few meetings. <laughs> um, you know, we're looking at potential squads in terms of what they might look at the moment, and we've sort of gone through the process saying, "You know, if we had to pick a team at the moment, uh, let's exclude current players that are injured because that could be the way it's going to be in four or five months." Um, but I think the thing is that we, we, when we sort of came to a final number and we looked at the squad, we were just really excited about the potential. You know, there's. Uh, and uh, we know that Australia have been, it's been tough for Australia in the last 12 months because they had so many injuries in key positions but I think long term that's going to make them better because they've been able to blood develop and and and, you know bring a certain amount of depth into the squad that they may not have previously had and if you look at the quality that they've been missing you know players like uh, uh, O'Connor and Guinea and you know Beale have been injured for a while, Pocock's been out and coming back, Hall's been out for most of the season Um, and Ioni as well, so they've got some absolute real quality and, and world-class players to be able to come back into this squad.
0: That's a lot of high class, so if, if timing's everything in sport, isn't it? And life generally, but if those players come back, um, how much does the
1: difficulty raise for you? Oh, I think it's going to be huge because, you know, if you look at those players, they, they're match winners, they change games. Um, and I have felt there's been a couple of times when Australia in the last six months have played. They've probably lacked a little bit of that X factor, and it's been you know tough on someone like Robbie Deans because he's looking at his squad and then looking at the team and saying, you know, who's going to who's going to do something different? Who's going to create a mismatch or miss a tackle and give us that sort of X factor that we're looking to to win a game or to change a game? And so the players that we're talking about being able to come back and you know are definitely going to be able to provide that for him if if are fit. So you know, that that means Australia are, are a different proposition, but myself as a Kiwi and understands <laughs> Australians pretty well, um, you know, I think there's other elements that you've got to be aware of and, uh, you know, they'll, they'll try and bring in the underdog tag, they'll they'll thrive on that, they'll talk the lines up as, as much as possible. And, you know, if you do happen to be an Australian side, I've, you know, I've already said to the coaches and, and that, uh, you know, the same team doesn't turn up the, th- the following week's a different animal that turns up because you know the I, I know and understand you know the pride that you know Australia have and in, in not just in rugby but at all sports and when when it's about international sport and competing um, you know particularly if they're beating you know it doesn't normally happen uh, twice in a row and we there was a great example of that you know this year in the autumn series where you know, Australia had been well beaten by France. The expectation was that the turn up at Twickenham and England would win and win comfortably, and I thought uh, Australia that day and, and Twickenham were absolutely outstanding. Were you surprised that, say, the Quade Cooper thing got dragged out as much as possible?
0: Because he's an X-factor player that, that you're talking about, that Australia desperately needs, and do you believe he'll figure in the series?
1: Uh, I, I think he's an absolute quality player, and um, no, I'm not surprised that... The way that uh, social media and the media, you know, there's any story, you know, it's going to get dragged out as much as possible. So, you know, nothing surprises me in in, in modern professional sport at the moment. But you know, having seen him play, you know, he can be the difference. You know, and he's, you know, he's he he has uh, his differences in terms of personality. But I, I don't think it's a bad thing for sport, and as long as Quaid knows what the boundaries are, and I'm sure that Robbie will fairly quickly um, spell out what what the expectations are and the boundaries are for him if he's if he's selected for australia again but you know he is an absolute quality player and you look when he when he's playing well the the reds do well when he's playing well australia do well so i'm sure that uh, you know if he does come back to full fitness and form um, you know, he's potentially one of those players who could make a difference. Well, he's going to battle with Curtley Beale for ten. Uh, now, he played in the
0: 2008 Super Rugby final against the Crusaders at ten, and the Waratahs definitely had the upper hand until he went off the field. So, if he played unbroken at ten, what sort of player since then could he have been now?
1: In terms As of Kurtley Beale,
0: in terms of his quality.
1: Well, he he's the, he's the type of player that uh, whether he's playing at ten or playing at fifteen, I thought. Uh, uh, one of the things that Australia have done well in the last few months is they've played Berwick Barnes at, at ten, and then had the ability to move him out to the midfield, or then, you know, Curtley and him have both swapped from ten and fifteen. And uh, yeah, you, when you get a world-class quality player and someone like Curtley Bealers you want to get the ball in his hands and in his hands as, as often as you can. And you know that's what they've been able to do. And, and uh, the unfortunate thing from my point of view, we saw what happened in the last 30 seconds for, for Wales against Australia. You know, quality steps up to the mark and, and uh, Kirtley was able to do that and score from the inside pass and score a winning try to, to beat Wales in the last minute. So you know, whether he's playing at 10, whether he's playing at 15, he's got the ability to kick goals as well. Uh, you know, he is definitely something a little bit special.
0: Well, you mentioned that Wales game. Talk about mixed emotions and feelings for you. You want England to win, and they beat the All Blacks, and you know, Kiwi as well. And but all this stuff sort of helps you out. the 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 scope of the results uh, in the autumn series
1: this year. How do you think that places the uh, l- the Lions? I, I think um, there was a, a disappointment at, at the start, and I think the Northern Hemisphere teams struggled with the Southern Hemisphere teams in terms of coming out of that championship with the pace the intensity the physicality and took it took a lot of the teams a while to adjust to that but then I think towards the end of it um, you know once they had come into terms with it there was some some pretty close games and obviously the the English result against the All Blacks was something that everyone's stood up and taken notice of um, and for us, we, you know, we were incredibly disappointed. We thought we played. It was hard for me because I thought we played really well against Australia. I was very proud of the performance, but you know, gutted with the result. And from a confidence point of view, if uh, the All Blacks had a beat in England and, and then Wales, Australia, you know the two n- number one and number two sides in the world having been beaten on that same weekend, I think would have given the, you know, the Northern Hemisphere in particular, Lions, a, a lot of confidence moving forward. I thought Ireland got better and better as a, competition went on and they had a very good, a you know, sound victory against Argentina in the last game that they played. So, all in all, I think the Northern Hemisphere were being dis- disappointed, um, particularly the way they started, but a lot happier with the way the the Autumn Series finished.
0: Les Kiss is one of our panel members. Uh, did you come close to knocking on his door and what are your thoughts about his changing role with Ireland? They certainly uh, went to town on uh, Argentina at the end.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've Les and I have talked to on a number of occasions <laughs> that have done a bit of battle as well. and. Uh, you know, he's a good character and he's obviously, he's added a lot and, and given a lot in, in terms of, um, you know, helping support and improve Irish rugby, so, um, you know, initially with Leinster as well, so, um, you know, he's a, he's a great character, he's very, very passionate about what he does and, you know, I, see, I remember saying to him last year when he was doing the role, sort of almost the dual role of attack and defence, are you finding that tough and, uh, you know, and not expecting to say, yeah, it's tough, you know, he just said, no, I'm thriving, I'm not really enjoying it, so, you know he does. Uh, you know he does add a lot and give a lot to, to um, you know what what role he's playing at the moment.
0: One of the memories I have from uh, the uh, 2001 line series is the the coaches going head to head: Rod McQueen versus uh, Graham Henry. How's uh, the relationship with Robbie
1: Deans and Warren Gatlin? Yeah, no, it's um, a lot of time for Robbie, and I, I said to him, in the Millennium Stadium, um, you know, it's three times in a row that. Um, Australia have beaten Wales in the last minute I said, mate, you're killing me, what are you doing to me? So what have I done to you? So, oh, we had a laugh about it and um, um, I'm lucky enough to be here at the moment, go back to New Zealand for, for Christmas and then we're doing a recce of Australia with a lot of the heads of department for a couple of weeks looking at all the venues and that and I've been in Sydney for a while so I said, we'll, we'll catch up and have a beer and have a, have a bit of a chat and a laugh And uh, because at the end of the day, you, look at, you know, it's sport but it's still also about uh, enjoying a few moments with your mates and I know it's been tough for him I know he's come under a lot of criticism and and been doing things you know difficult at at times but um, you know for what he's achieved in sport and uh, you know I've got a huge amount of respect for what he has actually achieved.
0: The games are not just the test matches the thing that we're yearning for in the game it's gone missing over the years is that touring aspect and this is one of the old school tours isn't it is that
1: A pain for you or are you going to look forward to it? Oh absolutely looking forward to it and I think it's something that's special and special that the Lions can bring um, this to to modern professional sport and and you know for these players uh, they'll be rooming together Uh, we want to try and get it out and um, be part of the community in terms of visiting hospitals schools if we get that opportunity so yeah there's a balance between professional sport, training, winning, and and winning at all costs, but also there's the ethos that the Lions brings from the history, 125 years and 125 years of trying to be a part of the community. And if we can come to Australia and we can leave Australia with some some really positive feedback in terms of you know what we've been able to achieve on the field, but also off the field, we want to give something off the field and uh, and um, you know so that's it's a, it's going to be a a tough challenge for us because uh, knowing how competitive the Australians are and particularly sometimes the, the Australian media you know um, you know, we've got to make sure that we do our best to, to win some hearts and minds over while we're here as well and, and we'll be you know I've like said you know off the field is as, as, as for us getting that right and, and trying to get into communities uh, we'll be making a big effort to do that. And then just
0: at the one last one Talking about that, you did mention that maybe the Australian team could be the easier out of the, s- the three southern hemisphere teams to be. Do, do you back away from that at all? Um, or, or do you want to clarify that? Uh, <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, I was asked, if I wanted to be in charge of you know any tour, where would I like to go? I'd like to go to Australia. Um, and you could, you could say, you could interpret, you know, is that going to be the easiest rugby? Um, Possibly, and do they have a little bit less depth than, say, New Zealand and and South Africa? Uh, it wasn't until I left New Zealand as as a rugby player that I realised, man, it's a tough country to go and uh, tour and try and get a result. And then, you know, the tradition and history of South Africa, and then also Astro- uh, South Africa, but there's the you know some of the safety elements of, of touring South Africa as well. And you come to Australia, and you, know, you couldn't come to a more beautiful place. And the, the variety of venues and, and, and playing and test matches in Brisbane, Melbourne, and Sydney, and getting a chance for the, the guys to be up the coast as well. You know, the, so um, from a picturesque uh, cultural point of view, you know, this is for me. I, I couldn't have couldn't have thought about coming to a to a better place. And uh, and personally, you know, after what uh, Australia have done to Wales the last few times, I, I need a bit of revenge as well. So, um, but like I said, yeah, I've got the utmost respect for uh, not just what Australia have achieved in rugby in terms of winning two World Cups and, and the success they've had and still number two in the world, but in all sport, you know, they, I think they've been the biggest overachievers and been a great example of how to prepare and how to win and, and having that that single-minded focus, focus to, to want to achieve. And, um, and from that point of view, we know how tough it's going to be next year. Well,
0: Gatlin, it's been a pleasure. Cheers.
1: Good luck next year. Thanks very much. Yes. Cheers.
0: All right, there he is, uh, Warren Gatland, uh, always fascinating to listen to. What a great guy and uh, how forthright was he? But what I really liked about the fact is that uh, he doesn't see this whole media thing as a chore. He knows it's a tool, a valuable tool, psychologically, but uh, i got a good indication too from him that uh, he wanted to get out and, and really sell the Lions to the Australian great. public as well.
3: No, Bron, this, this Lions tour is, is absolutely vital for... For the future of the Lions, I think in 2005, when they uh, when they actually uh, had that horror tour under Clive Woodward in uh, in New Zealand, lost the Test series 3-0, numerous other games uh, that way. Uh, you know, the, the Lions' concept was on the line. I think uh, I think Warren's very keen for. Uh, for this Lions concept to, uh, to continue and also uh, to actually to have a win, uh, a win down under and that's, uh, that's, that's vitally important. But uh, listen, I think you got the best out of him. I think uh, all the other media interviews that uh, followed you, <laughs> I think you, uh, you, you got
0: him at the right time. Well, hopefully we'll get to speak to him a couple more times in the future, but certainly a big get for us on Rugger Matrix and we appreciate his time on a very busy day. Uh, a couple other things though out of the interview, Cash Cow, uh, Quade Cooper, we obviously talked about him at length. Uh, very impressed with Curly Beale because Curly Beale's speared Wales again at Millennium Stadium with a wonderful try at the end of the last Test, and it was a horror year for Wales in a horror year against Australia, who uh, they just couldn't manage to beat. And what well, we had a three-test series down under, uh, and uh, also had a. Um, a series uh, or one match at the end of the year so difficult for Wales and Warren Gatlin now has to balance uh, the Lions and a Six Nations campaign next year so there's a lot on his plate but also he spoke with great experience about having to deal with players that may not be towing the line and Quay Cooper was one of those called the Wallabies environment toxic Uh, we all know he was fined very very heavily for it he's been re-signed so obviously Australia realised that they do need his talent. And I've got to say, given what he did for the Reds in the Super Rugby Final that they won, he sent, he's certainly talent that they do need. Uh, but Gatlin was pretty, um, pretty straightforward in considering that, that uh, Australia needs to get that relationship right. Deans and Cooper, if they're on the same page, then they're going to be a massive threat.
3: Yeah, that's uh, that's that's pretty right, Bronk. Uh, I think uh, I think what Warren was saying was uh, was the need to be pragmatic, and I think Robbie Deans is is pragmatic enough to uh, have a working relationship with. Uh with uh, with Quade Cooper and varying other sort of people, it's 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 a workplace environment, really. Uh, I said this on uh, Fox Sports here in uh, Sydney uh, earlier uh, this uh, this week, and uh, you know the fact is you don't really have to uh, like the people you work with. You've just got to have have the uh, have the capacity to work with them and get the best out of uh, out of a situation there. And I think that's uh, that's what the Quade Cooper situation is. Listen, he's he, he, he's, he's a match winner. And I think uh,
0: match winners need to be on the field. He's certainly backed away from uh, the story before he arrived on Australian chores that he'd much prefer to, to play Australia out of South Africa and New Zealand and Australia, but Australia seemingly the weaker target. He's sort of backed away from that in the interview because I think he really wants to grab that undertagged uh, underdog tag and you've got to say that the Lions probably should grab it. You're really trying to forge those four nations together into one unit. It's not easy in, the, easy in the limited amount of time. Australia will have all their big guns back. So I think by the time, I think you said this on Fox the other day, by the time that the series rolls around, Australia should then go into favouritism.
3: Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, you know, you've got James Hall on the way back, uh, uh, James O'Connor, uh, possibly, uh, possibly Quade Cooper if he comes through a super, super rugby sort of series and varying others, you know, David Pocock, 100% fit, uh, oh, yeah. and, and and others, so uh, the injury toll that Robbie's had to deal with in 20, uh, 2012 has been absolutely horrendous, and I think by the time uh, June sort of comes around, listen, uh, yeah, it's it's a bit of a line ball
0: this series. Yes, yeah, certainly is, and uh, I think that uh, one thing about this series, is that we've just got a taste of it now. I know we've got a Six Nations to come, uh, but, gee, it's going to be humongous. Uh, I was fortunate to be part of the Wallaby management team in 01 when we uh, uh, had the British and Irish Lions out here, and, uh, boy, that was unbelievable. It was just amazing being part of the team. But uh, I think this is going to be huge, and the game needs it in Australia. It really does. Um, you know, We can pretty much beat anyone except for the All Blacks, but that's a big deal here. Uh, and until we can crack the All Blacks, and not just crack them once, but a couple of times, uh, then the game is going to suffer. Especially if we can't score tries, uh, we need to be able to do that, and uh, that's that just can't be laughed off.
3: Oh, certainly not. We do need to score tries. We have to play an attractive brand of football. A lot of competition here in the Australian sort of sporting market from rugby league, AFL, uh, football, soccer, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we've really got to get out there, entertain the masses, and that's. Uh, that's that. That's an obligation that uh, that every Wallaby coach uh, has has to undertake. And uh, listen, it's uh, it's different in the uh, in the Northern Hemisphere. You know, there's that uh, there's that passion for that grinding sort of style of football. You know, the pragmatic sort of stuff. But uh, I think Warren, what Warren's got to do, Warren gatlin has got to do is is to pick people who are informed, because it's one uh, one of the faults of past Lions coaches, particularly. Uh, uh, the team in 2005 was that it was selected 18 months before they actually toured, and that was yeah. a major mistake by Clive Woodward.
0: Yeah, major mistake, and I think what has to happen is uh, you still need your experienced players. So we know that one of the greats, Sobrino Driscoll, is injured at the moment and uh you know it'd be wonderful to see i remember seeing him carving up us in brisbane in 2001 and he was only a young fellow then but uh he's in his 30s now so it is difficult when you're a bit older isn't it casho to get back on on the paddock i know you've tried a couple of times
3: well the hulking prop that you are well brock you've just got to take care of the temple the body's a temple
0: (laughs) exactly Well, uh, let's find out how to get a guy like Brian O'Driscoll back on the paddock and firing, and it's time to chat to our regular strength and conditioning coach, our expert in the field, Dave Dwyer. Yes, he is part of the lineage that is the Dwyer Rugby family and uh, Dave joins us now from the streets of Maroubra he's behaving himself so far and Dave uh, we're just talking about getting some guy like uh, Brian O'Driscoll back on paddock but uh, I see you're out there and you're sporting something from our good friends in Fiji who are battling at the moment
2: yeah g'day Juro how are you it's good to see you again Um, yeah that's right I'll pay a little tribute to our Fijian brothers over in the Pacific who yesterday went through Cyclone Evan. hope that uh, Bula Vinaka, to our friends over there, that they are not going through too many dramas, that they're all safe and sound and uh, hopefully rebuilding doesn't take too long.
3: So Dave, what does it take for an old boy like me to get back in the best possible shape, get back on that field as quick as possible? But more to the point, what does it take for uh, a bloke like Brian O'Driscoll, one of the true legends of the game, to get back on the field and fire up like he did here in Australia in 2001?
2: Hi Kasha, how are you? Yeah, look, that's an interesting question. Um, The way that I probably look at it is that uh, it's a bit of a bell curve in some instances. I mean, if we look down the track early on in our career with the Waratahs, we had Kirtley Beale and and Lockie Turner turn up, you know, just after school. And uh, then all of a sudden to jump into a super rugby training load is, is something that's really going to hurt their body. So when we were at the Waratahs, we really made sure that we looked after these guys, we didn't overtrain them and we made sure that their training loads were progressive. I'd say the same sorts of uh, things should be applied in regards to the older players to keep them on the paddock. When we were at Fiji for the Rugby World Cup last year we looked with guys like Nicky Little at his fourth World Cup, Saramaya Bai and even Deacon Marnu to try and make sure that they weren't overtraining and that their bodies could cope with the loads. We looked at what their strengths and weaknesses were. We made sure that we checked their running loads so that they weren't too, too much and also in the gym work looking at, uh, for want of better words, not repairing them but maintaining their body so that they can cope with the rigors. In regards to that, I'd probably say to you, look, with, with respect to Brian O'Driscoll, I'd imagine that uh, they would look at his running load first all, first all and, uh, and then from there making sure that he's not doing the same as what those younger guys are. Those younger guys would look to really get the running Ks into their legs. Brian's already got the Ks in his legs from over the last 10, 12 years of, of high level rugby. So with him it's probably maintaining, stretching, his core and then the other weaknesses or injuries that he's had over the last couple of years so that he can maintain and, and be a potential threat as, as part of the British Lions squad.
0: Okay Dave, well give us some specific examples. Uh, you know, feel free to move
2: around a bit, there you got
0: plenty of room, just show us what has to be done to get these guys right.
2: Yeah, look, I mean on game day we're probably looking at uh, a dynamic stretch which begins. All teams have different sorts of warm-up styles and what they do on game day. But in regards to an overall brief view, you're looking at having a little bit more of a dynamic movement scenario where a couple of teams might even play touch or go through some of their ruck plays. We're then looking at uh, getting into a stretching pattern, so you're looking at some dynamic stretches which will probably involve you know various movements that are relatively quick with swinging legs through with hamstrings, they'll end up going through across their bodies, warming up through their groin areas. You're then looking at uh, you know even in sense of your, your quads, you're swinging your leg through and bringing them back. There may be some movements that would involve moving out through the side, holding and then again heading out to the other side. All these movements involved are what they would do and reproduce in a game situation. That would go on for about another three minutes before they then go into another rugby related activity. They'd come back to us, we would look to put them through some running pattern phases and then again involving some dynamic stretching. and, And in game day, that's what they'd look to do. As far as during the week's concerned, I think that there is a really good opportunity to involve yoga and Pilates is something that these guys, the older guys, look to tend to do. It's not to say that the younger guys won't get much out of it, but as far as flexibility is concerned in, in terms of their recovery and their ability to maintain full range in all the movements, whether it's in the gym or on the ground as part of the game, it's something that is really valuable and, and something that we would look to uh, involve in their week to week training. <laughs>
0: So you I told you. Yeah. From yoga. Anyway. It's a secret to uh, long life <laughs>
3: and flexibility. Does
0: this mean you got one upper man? Oh, yeah. must be.
2: What do you think, Dave? <laughs> oh, well then who's to say that uh that yoga's not that secret keel that we've spoken about. Mate, um, as long as you're doing those things and at least then you're doing the right things. But it is something that we should really involve in their rugby programs. I feel it gives them, you know, good flexibility through the whole range of movement and allows them. Uh, to be able to do all those functions that we require of them in the in the rugby park So you never know mate I might uh, might end up seeing you out there in the uh, in the golden oldies jumpers perhaps
0: Well, that's a bit of a stretch Dave I mean literally but thanks again for your time mate and we'll see you very soon love your reports and have a couple of good days off
2: <laughs> It's the secret. Thanks for having me Duro. Thanks Casho.
0: There
3: he is uh, Bronk. Uh, listen, it's uh, some good insights there so uh, I think it's a a segment of Rugger Matrix that's becoming very, very popular.
0: Yeah, already had some really good feedback about it. Also, some good feedback from a few guys in Ireland about uh, Stu Dickinson, and we'll be be getting Stu back on the program very, very shortly. Um, So that's our uh, program for this week. Uh, Don't forget, we'll be... uh, back on deck in the next couple of weeks because we're HD takes a bit longer to turn the programs around. Uh, You'll get the audio stream beforehand uh, but we are are definitely moving into a new realm and there'll be some exciting announcements about Rugger Matrix coming in the new year. Uh, Don't forget you can get your copy here of the uh, 2012 rugby annual done by the good folk at ACP magazines and Mark Cashman. Now, Casho, we said at the start of the show, just remind everyone a special deal uh, for Rugger Matrix listeners.
3: That's right, and Brock. viewers. Uh, yeah, Rugger Matrix. If you go to the uh, the website RuggerMatrix.com, dot uh, com, you'll uh, you'll see a, a special little tile there, and if you click on that, uh, we'll give uh, everybody twenty. Those who click on that and uh, and register, you'll get twenty percent off. So that's uh, that's uh, un- under eight Aussie dollars for one hundred forty eight pages of rugby. A great read, and there's even some stuff in there from you.
0: Yes, and. If you're in the States, it might be 20 bucks now, considering the uh, <laughs> Australian dollars have been, uh, been doing very well. Also, thanks to the HSBC guys, nice little diary for next year. And it's got all the good stuff in it, hasn't it, Cache? So, um, map of Australia, which is pretty handy, in case some Brits don't know, and uh, all the rundowns for the games and the history as well. So, the history hasn't been kind for the British Lions. So, I think uh, this is an important. Uh, I think important to it for the concept, isn't it? If it comes at the cost of Australia winning then it's, it's going to be a big, big uh, disaster for Robbie Deans but uh, you know if the Lions win then it's huge for, for the whole concept isn't it?
3: Well from the, from the rugby business point of view I think uh, I think uh, a Lions win would be absolutely fantastic what 25-30,000 people here, yep. here in Australia they're big program buyers and we love big
0: program buyers Uh, I mentioned Les Kiss in the uh, interview with uh, Warren Gatlin to see if he'd sign him up. Uh, He's been pretty crook recently with a stomach bug. Uh, We will be chatting to him next program. He's really keen to get on board and talk all things Heineken Cup. So... We'll be going through all the uh, woes of the Irish teams uh, last weekend. I'm sure everyone will bounce back uh, shortly and heading into the competition after Christmas. Of course, we're heading to the Six Nations. We will be all over the Lions series like a rash, so don't worry about that. And don't forget, when you're not uh, listening to or watching Rugger Matrix International, check out uh, Bruce McLean and Alex Goff and Pat Clifton on Rugger Matrix America and it is a really good show because they would go back to a lot of basics on that as well and uh, if you're a budding coach it's probably a good show to listen to.
3: Oh yeah, absolutely, Listen and those guys all over the
0: uh, the game in the States. And we'll be talking to them on the international show next program as well. Bruce McLean will be seeing his noggin and uh, Mike Tolkien, the uh, national coach. A lot of changes domestically there and quite controversial as well. Uh, the States has a real problem when it comes to developing players to the next level for international play. Uh, they do split their seventh program off. Uh, there's lots of things to talk about in that and uh, uh, quite controversial with the demise essentially of the Super League, um, which um, I think has a lot of uh, similarities to the ARC in Australia biting the dust after 2007.
3: Well, it sounds like a fascinating chat, Bronk, and I think, uh, obviously, they're, uh, they're learning and there's growing pains as they go along.
0: Looking forward to seeing that and the beautiful New York skyline behind Bruce and Mike when you do the program. Mate, thank you very much. Uh, once again, the annual is out at all good bookstores, newsagents, all bad ones as well. Yes, that's right. Never could understand that. You want to be in all of them even if they are bad, and uh, lots of online content as well. And don't forget, you can get a discount by just being part of the Rugger Matrix family. Uh, that's it for the program. Thanks for coming around and seeing you in studio, mate. In fact, uh, this uh, whole rig is going to look very dramatically different uh, in the new year, and I think uh, we'll have you around every time we do it, hey?
3: Mate, love to, Bronk. It's been a pleasure.
0: All right, there is Mark Cashman, editor at Inside Rugby and the match day programs for the wallabies and the lions as well absolutely all
3: the all the provincial cash games cow, cash
0: up. June and July I've got the <laughs> camp bed set up in
3: the office all oh. ready to
0: go alright it's going to be pretty busy thanks to you Cash Cow thanks to Dave Dwyer thanks to Warren Gatlin and uh, we look forward to speaking to him again in the very near future and thanks to our sponsor Strike could do the show without these guys and they are Australia's leading provider of Bluetooth car kits and handheld devices for your motor vehicle pleasure and and legal use. Don't forget, legal use as well. So thanks to the guys at Strike. Go to strike.com and enter the code Matrix and you get 10% off, good thing for Christmas as well. Alright, thanks to Cashow and the team. That is it for Rugger Matrix International Episode 158. Don't forget, if you want to embed us, just go to the YouTube channel. That's one of the minor ones for us, but go to the YouTube channel and steal the embed code from there and throw it in your blog. Can't hurt, we'll be happy to... We'll be sitting on your blog and quite proud actually to be on anyone's rugby blog around the world and uh, throw us in there. Of course, see us in wonderful HD on the iTunes store and leave a comment if you would like or care to. That's it for the program. Enjoy your rugby and we'll speak to you next time on Rugger Matrix International.